From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 165. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Build It Beautiful, and Fracture, photos printed in vivid color directly on glass. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the man with a plan who's on holiday with a tan. It's Mr. Brad Dowdy. Nice. I like it. I'm working on the tan. I am on holiday. Uh, I am a man. Last time I check some would disagree probably but uh yeah it's uh it's vacation time for me so so what's it for you just just normal work day dealing with me things like that normal work day and i'm happy that you're taking a break and i'm very thankful that you are here even though you're on holiday because you don't have to be yeah no i plan i don't want to say i plan around it like it's uh an event i enjoy doing this we've talked about this before we rarely miss you know when we do um it's usually a pretty legitimate big time reason and uh, we'll we'll record early if we have to or but uh you know i'm lucky in that when i travel i travel close and i usually travel to family's houses that have wi-fi so i just throw the mic uh in the bag and have mike will travel and uh you know i my uh parents my in-laws they all know that i do this so they're happy to accommodate me for an hour an hour a day once a week so hey it's it's fun i'm glad to be able to do it i did have a a bit of a panic attack last night though (laughs) as you will attest to uh an early morning tweet to Mm -hmm. you and as the uh slack um pen addict room will attest to i think yesterday was the first time that I forgot to plan for the show. So what happens, my normal day would be on Sunday. I go into work at 11 o'clock Sunday night. So I usually have a kind of a set schedule on when I plan the podcast. Well, I didn't have to work last night because I was going on vacation. And it didn't cross my mind (laughs) to plan for the podcast. And I didn't realize it. We left late for vacation, so I'm driving um, to where we're going. And it's like 10 o'clock at night. We didn't leave till late. It's about 30 minutes before we get to where we're going. And I looked at my wife and I said, I didn't do any podcast prep for this week. And we record tomorrow. I was like, Oh my God. So then like the last 30 minutes of the drive, I was shot just racking my brain. What can we talk about? What can we talk about? So when we finally, when we finally got in, I, um, I jumped in the Slack channel. I was like, Hey, you guys got anything? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I got a, I got a couple of good things from there. Um, so a couple of which we'll talk about and, uh, you delivered quite handily. I, I, I must say, you know, props to you for, uh, dropping some good things in there and some stuff I needed to talk about anyway. So I appreciate your help. I appreciate uh, everyone in the Slack room's help. And, uh, I think we have a pretty good show today, actually. We do indeed. We do indeed. So let's, uh, you ready to talk about it? Yeah. So... The biggest thing that happened last week, which I wanted to give a shout out to Penworld Magazine, um, they approached us at the Atlanta Pen Show. You've probably seen some, maybe some tweets and some things on Instagram. I just got the issues on Saturday myself, the hard copy. The article's wonderful. It's about um, kind of a new era in pen collecting and, and things like that. And when Penworld posts the article online, um, I'm going to share it with everyone so everyone can read the article. But it was a real nice uh, article done by Reinhard um, Cargill, who worked with me and Jeff on, you know, doing an article about the pen addict and knock and how we all came together at the Atlanta pen show. So, and you were a part of it, Mike, and Anna was uh, pictured in the, 
in the magazine and some of our shop was pictured in the magazine. So I just wanted to let everyone know that it's not the easiest magazine to get a hold of. So I will have a link to the article when they publish it online. They're going to publish this one online, um, which they normally don't do. So I'm, I'm going to work with them um, when they publish it and uh, we'll get some get some traffic over there. So, um, yeah, it was a really, really good article and I can't wait to share it with everyone. So um, I, I'm glad it came out before the DC Pin Show is kind of a good timing thing. So I, I will certainly take it. When you work with them to help them mm-hmm. get it online... Is there any way you can sneak in a different picture of me or just <laughs> just cut me out? <laughs> I hate yeah, this photo of myself so much. I really do. You know what? It's a it's not a good picture of you. No. Just for not. everyone who listens to this show, that is a bad picture of Mike. Yeah, I I've put it. a link in the show notes. All I ask is please uh, everyone listening I know it's a bad photo. Brad agrees. Please yeah. don't tell me if you think it's one. I just can't yeah. take it. Uh, but I guess we're like you know we're we're uh, we've got one each now. You had your yeah. crazy drawing thing and <laughs> forgot about that. And now I've got this guy. Yeah, but Mike's a sexy man. You know we shared a room at I appreciate Atlanta, that. and uh, you know I I can vouch for the uh, the poor poor. Uh, Let's call it a poor angle of the photo. Yeah, it is. A so it's it's angle. not good, not good, not good at all. So 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 let's switch gears quickly <laughs> and talk about something that is good. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you, so- you, you you got in your hands, and uh, I don't know if you know, but I got it in my hands as well. Yep. So, uh, uh, Mr. Dudek sent me this guy. That's my uh, Relay FM block. Yes, like what you had, what you talk about yeah. last week. So the mine came this in post. Mm-hmm. And Did you have to pay I, any customs on it? No. Strangely <laughs> enough, the box was huge. It was <laughs> I don't know what he did shipping-wise, but it came quick. Nice. Um, so like, I had it like three or four days after you got yours. Wow, dude um, magic. Yeah, but there was a, a little special extra in there. Ooh. A Karis, uh, a Karis box. And I opened it up and I found I had a little Fountain K action uh, hiding mm, away inside of here. Nice, nice. So, so very what, happy what material? That. What material is yours in? And give us your thoughts. It's a uh, pure, like plain aluminium. Okay. Um, so I did exactly what you would expect I would do. Uh, I immediately customized it. So yeah, how so? I got my orange render K cap. So now I have a part aluminium, part uh, orange aluminium render uh, fountain K. Okay, so that's pretty sexy. I, I have to admit that's that's pretty cool. I should do that because I have the same orange Render K, which is one of my all-time favorite machine pens. Um, I, I big fan of the Render K, so I'm glad that they decided to come out with this Fountain K. I actually have the aluminum, the brass, and the copper. Um, Dan Bishop gave me the full hookup um, for my impressions, and I really appreciate him doing that. And what's great about the Fountain K is it's a little bit more svelte than the ink, right? They've made it to be a smaller diameter pen. So it, it fits a good kind of area. Like if our fountain pens go like, you know, it, it's different enough from the ink size wise that, you know, I think there's a good market for it. My only issue, and I've shared this with Dan, this is not um, a surprise, that since it is a kind of a smaller footprint pen, 
the section isn't very large and the threads of the grip are kind of in the way a little bit. So they're looking at that, you know, maybe they change it, maybe they don't. I don't think it really affects the writing of the pen so much, but you do kind of notice it. And so, you know, that, that's something that they're looking into. So it hasn't, it hasn't launched yet, but I think it's going to launch next month. Um, I think in August, I think they're doing Kickstarter on this is what Dan tells me is correct. So uh, I'll be looking forward to that. I'm real happy with the pen so far, and uh, I'll try to put some thoughts together on the blog here in the next few weeks. If I can get off vacation. Um, I haven't, I can see what you're saying, but I don't find the, the grip to be an issue. Like it fits the way that I hold a pen perfectly. Uh, I I agree. Basically, what you've got here is if you like the ink, you're gonna love this because it's just mm-hmm. it's just more svelte. It's lighter. It's easier to hold. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the slight taper that's on the the body of the pen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I have no bad things to say. Like, so it's not a, a brand new design, right? It's like a mix of two designs, right? Which is really interesting. Um, but this, I this- yeah, I like it. Yeah, this still may be my favorite Kara's design, and it's the first. I don't know if there's something, you know, just since it was the first that, you know, I'm, I'm stuck on that design, but I, I love the shape of the Render K. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that pen. And and speaking of which, this, um, you know, they've kind of rolled out a separate, you know, just a separate uh, pen. Kara's Pen Co. Um, has kind of rolled out a separate, you'd almost call it like a separate brand, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm a, like I'm a little bit confused about this. I hope you can try and help me with I, this. I don't know if I can. We'll have to get Dan on this. I knew there was some some separation uh, going, but, you know, if you guys haven't, you know, been following Kara's, and I actually missed it when they, like, started putting it on Instagram and started doing some different things on the Kara's blog, they actually have an account called Kara's Penco, which is just, you know, focusing on the pen stuff. Like, you know, on the regular Keras Custom stuff, you know, you still get a lot of the other machine stuff that they do, which is their core business as well. You know, they're not just a <laughs> contrary to our belief, they're not a pen company. You know, but the the pen business has gotten uh, so big for them that they've started to do more focused things, if you will. So Keras Penco is is part of that, and the first thing that they did was, you know, they're they're uh, rolling out these small batches of like these stonewash render render K's are pretty slick looking. What do you think about those? Yeah, so this is this is what the way that I've been looking at this is like Karis Customs is still selling pens, and like the Fountain K is sold by Karis Customs. Yes, but then they're also doing this additional thing, which is as they say, it's like small batch, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. Uh, so like these are, it looks like obviously there's more work being done by hand on these, I suppose, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to get this stonewashed look and you can get all these different colors. But what I find interesting that they're doing is they don't seem to be selling these in traditional channels. Mm-hmm. Like, so they've been, they've been posting pictures on their, like their Instagram and it's just really interesting. I've never seen anybody do this before. And they're like, you have to comment on Instagram to say that you want one, and then you just PayPal them the money, and they'll send it to really? you. Really? Yeah. So I talked to Dan when the Karis, um, Karis K, <laughs> the Fountain K was coming out, and we're going to get him on the show when that is getting ready to drop on Kickstarter. So we'll ask him all this stuff. And uh, he's already agreed to it. We just don't have a date set. You're not gonna, you're not gonna wake up, you know, one day, and it's just gonna be there, you know, like I normally do to you. But um, Dan will come on in in the next few weeks, and we'll we'll quiz him about all this stuff, and and uh, he can sh- shed some light uh, 
on what the Keras Pinco is trying to accomplish because it's some pretty cool stuff. I, I I gotta admit it's it's um I'm trying to hold off on spending on anything until the DC Pin Show comes and goes just to see what kind of trouble I get in there. But uh, yeah, I, I would like one of these stonewash jobs. Pretty slick. Pretty slick. So did you see the picture of my fountain K? I didn't. I put it in the chat room. It's also in the show notes. Oh, I look just at took you. it. I just took it while we were talking. <laughs> nice. Yeah. See, that's pretty cool. I have the exact same one. And what's funny, I was is I was playing with the render K and the fountain K at the same time. I was like measuring up the sections. I had the ink all out. I was I was seeing what all the dimensions were changing and things like that. And I had them sitting right there, all taken apart. And I didn't swap out those parts, just like you did. Um, you're you're more of a junkie than myself. So here, have a heart. Thank you very I much. Ju- I it just was, hearted your picture. It was the literally the first thing I thought to do. I was like, oh, I wonder if the cat fits. Because <laughs> you've already done that. And and I haven't. Mm-hmm. For all the Keras Customs pin I have, I, I haven't swapped any of that stuff around. And for no good reason. Because, you know, I love that kind of stuff. So. I was using my um, my steel and uh, my steel color and with brass section the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I'm so pleased I made that decision. That's my favorite. Like that. Oh, I love that. I love the way that pen looks. It's so, so special. We've talked about this before, and Dan has said as much too. The steel anodizing on the Keras pens may be the single best color they do, it is. but it doesn't show up online. Nope. When you see it in person, it's jaw dropping. Like when when Brad says it doesn't show up online, he means that you can't see the pictures very well. Like it's it's like a gray, it's like a gray blue color. Mm-hmm. It's the closest mm-hmm. way I can try and describe it. It's got like it's gray with like a tint of blue in it. It's really awesome, really mm-hmm. really awesome. Yeah, really awesome. You know what else is awesome? Tell me. Knock. We're I awesome. know. I've heard about these guys before. <laughs> That that that's as that's as much as I can brag, you know. <laughs> you know, I don't brag very much. When you put when I asked for your help on this uh to make the show notes on this, I open it up and there's like this whole thing on knock <laughs> that you've put in there because you know I never talk about it because it's not what I do. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah, some every now and then I think it's nice to kind of check in and see what you guys are working on because like it's all marketing and it's all related. I, I think mm-hmm. it's interesting. So tell me, like you've got this new. Uh, I like the color name Burple Tri Camo Tech mm-hmm. Liner, which is all sold out, but it's like the blue and purple uh, Tri Camo. Yeah, that thing is just wicked awesome. I, I, love, I love that pen. I'm a big fan of the TI2 Tech Liners, too. That's actually the last pen. That was actually one pen that made me spend my money when they came out with an orange one recently. So, um, yeah, that's our one of our, that's our, that's Jeff's camo pattern. That mm-hmm. um, Mike Bond just makes for us. Mike Bond, the TI2 Techliner guy. So, Knock's the only one that has that pattern um, because Jeff designed it. So, Mike and usually just Mike and Jeff work on colorways for it. We'll have like the stock camo pattern and then we'll do some alternate colors like we did the Blurple. It was such a hit. We'll probably do another run of those. I don't know exactly when, but it went um, within a few hours. I mean, it I was love gone. it. I yeah. really love it. It's really sexy. It's really sexy. So, you know, we're always working with Mike uh, Bond to kind of do some things, you know, in and out. We don't want to overload um, that. And we got the new, um, we finally got a replenishment of our Render K, which is the uh, red, silver, and blue one, which always sells really well. Um, the G2 Render K, which I love. So from a knock perspective, people want to know 
primarily when are the folios coming? That's the question I get because Jeff and I tease them all the time. We carry them all the time. Um, the design for these, we're going to do two versions of folio. We're going to have the smaller version, which holds the two notebook slots in the side, um, like the two pocket notebooks. That design is pretty much on lock. I think we've got that one down. We're working on the next size to hold the A5 pads. So like it'll hold our new steno pad, it'll hold other A5 pads. Um, but that's such a, that case is kind of a bigger deal to manufacture. So we're trying to work with a partner on that. Um, we're on our third go. <laughs> we tried twice with one partner um, that has failed. We're on our second partner for a third attempt and it's looking way more positive. Um, just we need some help making pieces of the case. So um, to to actually make this a success. So that's in progress. We have some positive momentum on that instead of months of spinning our wheels, not getting the quality that we want. Jeff and I are huge, huge quality sticklers. And, you know, we spent lots of money with lots of vendors trying to get them to make our product that's acceptable to us. And so far they failed. Um, that's how good Jeff is. I just want to brag on him <laughs> for a minute. That's how good you know, he's training the people that work for us. You know, we really, really care about our quality. And so far we haven't found anyone to match it, except we might have someone now. So our first, our first run with them was super positive. Yeah. Well, so that's when the, I was in Atlanta, I was talking to Jeff about this mm -hmm. and, uh, he was getting really riled up. Like he does about it, which is awesome because you can feel, like the care, which is great to know, right? But yeah, mm -hmm. he was getting Superman. Hey, I just quick thought: why has he never been on the show? He has, he has when we launched uh, Kickstarter, but we'll do oh, it again. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago. I want to get him a long back time on. Ago. Yeah, we'll do it again for sure, for sure. Because there's very few things. Oh yeah, that I remember get... that. I interviewed you two, didn't I? Yep, you did. Yeah, yeah there's very few things that get him spun up, making. Crappy goods is one of them, <laughs> and he he gets bent out of that. But you know, for for good reason. You know, we have a standard we're trying to fit and um, to to work towards. And you know, so far we've been unsuccessful successful finding uh, someone that can also hit that. So that's the folio status. I don't have dates or anything like that. If this works out with this company, we might see something by the end of the year. Um, and I'll go ahead and say it now. It's almost certain to be a kickstarter i, I will say that because it's going to be it's going to be very intensive for and, the folio um, for the folio yeah for the two folios both of them yeah, yeah they'll be that, two sizes i think it makes sense it's it, it's you could basically call it a different company like right i know it's not but it's the, the amount of work and effort and it is different enough like i think mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense oh i mean i don't even yeah. know why we're justifying it like there are a bunch of sure. companies that you do one kickstarter do this yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah we yeah. were just talking about um, about Karis. They're gonna yeah. they bring all their products to Kickstarter. I think it's a great way of doing things. Yep, yep, yep. So our second thing that Jeff and I have been teasing. Yep. God, you guys <laughs> are just the worst. So let's start. <laughs> let's start this. Let's blame Jeff for this. All right. So I'm just sitting at home and then I pull up Instagram and Jeff's like taking pictures of some case he's made, and I'm like, holy crap, what is that? He doesn't even tell me, but this case that he made, this is what, this is how good Jeff is. And this is what he does. 
he just comes up with this stuff in his head, goes and gets the chalk and the scissors, and cuts out panels, puts all this stuff together, and goes, boom, check this out. Look what I did. <laughs> so I was like, this thing's crazy. You have to make one for me. Um, because we've been thinking about, you know, what's our next product going to be discounting the folios. The folios are going to happen one way or the other. So not counting the folios, what's our next product going to be? And, um, he made this case right now. He's calling it, calling it the half tower. I don't think that's going to be our name because it's, it's a great name though. So I, I might eat those words. Um, but it's basically a zip top and in the, so it opens up, it doesn't zip open all the way. It's the width of like a folded high tower, right? Or a lookout. It's got a zip across the top, like a half zip. And when it opens up, one side's got three pin slots and the other side has a pocket for your pocket notebook. He made me one with fabric scraps, like no panel on mine is the same color. Like it's green, blue, orange, and white on the outside and pink and uh, mango on the inside. It's really sweet. It's a prototype, but the version he made me is, I wouldn't change a stitch on the product. So he's, he's nailed that right out the gate. That's probably going to be our next product. It's not, you know, we talk about these things and people want them immediately and hell, I want them immediately. Um, but like this kind of things takes time for us to get you know, fabric cut in bulk and, you know, lots of pieces and part, lots of moving parts, you know, so it's going to be months before you see this. Um, but I'm, I'll go on record right now and saying that's going to be our next product. It's that good of a case. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll, I'll stop bragging on us at that, but I'm seriously thrilled with this case. Um, so we'll probably make a few more prototypes, get them in other people's hands, get them in some of our testers' hands, and and go for there. So, so what else do you want to know about Knock? Well, so I, that, that Jeff posted a picture today. I assume mm-hmm. that's that's a folio, right? Yeah. So because yeah, that's similar that's, to what I have. <laughs> so yeah. So this is the pocket notebook folio. Yeah. And this is the one we're pretty confident in the design of. Um, you know. Like this one's not going to change. We're still working on the bigger model. Mm-hmm. When you start, when you start getting bigger, um, in like Cordura materials, you have to make sure the structure's right. So it's been a little bit harder to get the A5 sizing to feel good, to feel like a solid product. So yeah. we're working on that. But so the one that the one that I have, I mean, I've teased this before. I'm just going to say it. the one that I have mm-hmm. is a prototype of the big one, isn't it? I don't even know. I believe it is, because uh, an iPad Mini fits in it. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. now I have a big iPad. I don't use an iPad mm-hmm. Mini. I want a little one, so I'll mm-hmm. be a customer. Because mm-hmm. I love the, but mine, the the one that I have is like, as Jeff mm-hmm. was saying, like it's not, it's not even close to the final design. Like there are a few things about it that, yeah, would be changed, which is why yeah. he had no problem giving it to me. Yep. Yep, yep. And even that that one I think he has in his picture, I think was the first one he made. So mine is even a little bit different than that one he has in the picture. Yeah. I love yep. it. That that's that's ex- that l- the little guy, that's exactly what I want for traveling yeah. and stuff. It's really cool. It's yeah. really cool. It it works extremely well. Yep. Cuz so it'd you be can, good for a passport holder and that kind of thing. Oh, bag. yeah, it fits. It's got that slot in the back behind those two notebook slots. It's got a a full width slot. It's perfect. 
it's right on the money. So, yep, it's it's really really good. And uh, so that that's that's what's going on in the knock world. I'm actually glad we talked about it because we haven't given. It's easier to do an update than you know, 140 character repeated over and over again or responding to Instagram, which we, <laughs> we like to tease stuff on Instagram. I, I can't help it. It looks really, stuff looks really cool. And Jeff always um, shocks me and impresses me with stuff. So I'll yeah. ask you one yeah. last thing though. Like how sure. far away do you think you are from a Kickstarter for the folio? Like if you were to put money on the table right now. November. November. Okay. Cool. I think, I think the half tower will come before the Kickstarter for the folio. Okay. It's going to be close, though. Okay. I And November is a weird spot, too, for a Kickstarter campaign, but that's a, that's a whole other conversation. So we'll see. It's almost like it needs to be October or it needs to be next year. Do you know what I mean? I, November I, doesn't work so well. With kicks, the way Kickstarter works, right? I can run a 30-day campaign. It takes me two or three weeks after that to get the money. It'll be after Christmas before we even start making cases. It's just a weird, people have a weird perception of like November Kickstarters. That's just, that's my opinion and and how the, the Kickstarter world works. I mean, it's going to get to a certain point. You're going to know if you're going to be able to do it. So you might be able to do it sooner anyway. It's, it's good. We could, we could get ahead of that. Yes. I was being cautious there. Yeah. I would love it if it was October. I doubt it would be September. That's not far away, though, to be honest. October no. is not far away. That's my point. That's why I said November would be like kind of like a pipe dream at this point. Yep. Like if I if I even think about how long it took us to put together the Atlanta Pen Show Kickstarter, I can oh, I know. imagine what something like this must take. Yep, yep. And that that was like months, it felt like, of work. Yeah. To even it, do that one, which was, you know, really low risk. Yep. Barely any, like, big work needed to happen beforehand, like specifically yeah. with Knock to get everything ready. Yeah, so it's tough. It's really not just entering some box, like some text into some boxes. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then you got to deliver, man. Yep. Got to deliver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Speaking of delivery, let's get something in the mail. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. This week's episode is brought to you by Fracture. Fracture is a really great company that have a really great product. They are transforming the way that people print and display their favorite images, and they do this in a way that I really love. A trillion photos are going to be taken in 2015, and Fracture is now here to help you rescue some of yours and proudly display them on your walls, on your desk. Get them out of those camera rolls, those timelines, those feeds, the pictures that you're most proud of, the pictures that you most like. They deserve a place in your home or they deserve to be given to a friend. And it's super simple. You upload a photo to FractureMe.com and they don't just make a print of it and put it in a little frame, in a little wooden frame and send it to you. They print this photo directly onto a piece of glass. And what you get sent is a piece of glass is lovingly treated and taken care of, right? You're not getting like a big piece of sharp glass. It's all like uh, nicely softened around the edges, that kind of thing. They send you this and basically your photo is printed directly onto the picture and then a piece of foam backing is put on the back of it so you can very easily hang it 
on the wall. It is so awesome. Fracture, put everything in the box that you're going to need. For some of the smaller square sizes, you can get a little stand to put it on that comes in the box if you ask for it. Or they give you a little screw so you can put it in the wall. It just comes in there. It's nice and taped into the box for you so it's all ready to go as soon as you receive it. Their order process is so simple. You just upload the file that you want um, and then you just choose the size that you want. They have square and rectangle sizes. Um, three square sizes. They're perfect for like Instagram photos, podcast, artwork, album covers that kind of thing they have five rectangle sizes all the way up to 21 by 28 inch you just choose the size that you want um, and you just put in your information and I'll send it to you like it's so simple <laughs> and I'm so happy with how mine come out the the colors look so incredible um, and they arrived to me in perfect condition all the way across the pond from Florida to England uh, I've bought them as gifts for other people. They're great gifts, really great gifts. You know, send someone a picture of something that means something to the two of you or, you know, like a family photo or something like that. Really, really great, great idea. They are just fantastic. And at only $15, they're not going to break the bank either. That's where they start at, $15 for some of their square sizes. And you can go all the way up. But yeah, just starting at 15 bucks, you can get your own fracture print you'll also be helping support this show and get 10 percent off for yourself if you use the code penaddict at checkout the coupon code penaddict or one word just go to fractureme.com to get started thank you so much to fracture for their support of this show you know i should drive down there i'm on vacation i'm about two hours away from them in gainesville florida so you should go say hi you could go could say hey you know touch some glass some, or something yeah touch some glass yeah that'd be cool get a picture of the my instagram picture of my tiny beer um, you know, made in, in glass, you know, my eight ounce beer. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. So do you want this, uh, orange pen I reviewed today, um, on the blog or, or no? Yeah. Oh, I do want it. I mean, I love my orange, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And I think I prefer my orange to be honest, but yeah. I do love this one as well. So you and I have the same orange pro gear, the yep. solid orange one. I got this one on loan from Goldspot to review, and I picked this one out because I wanted to see it in person. It's so good. It looks I hated fantastic. to send this back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to talk about talk to them. See, you know, see if I can get the blogger hookup on on that pen. I it, it's I've never seen like a demonstrator fountain pen that is so bright and just it's literally just jumping you know, out of your hands. It's so bright. And the pink one and the green one are the exact same way. This doesn't suffer for me with that issue that I have with demonstrators, you know, that yeah. they look cheap or whatever. Like, That's true. I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but it looks, it just looks like the real deal. I think the pro gear is just, and I talked about this in the, in the post, it's, it's just, the pro gear is a really stout pin. It's not big. It's not small. It's just kind of right in, you know, it's got a good diameter. It's got a good heft, and that carries over even in the in the transparent models like this. So, yeah, you wanted to throw that out there because that's that's a pretty cool looking pen, and uh, I, I'm going to end up with one of those one of these days for sure. I just picked up my Pro Gear. Mm, that's a good pen. It's my yeah, number one, I, man. They, yeah. I do not own a pen better than this thing. It that's is a good as perfect as a pen could be. Great. Oh, look I at like that it. nib. That nib. <laughs> their, their nibs are something else. All right, so um, our pen blog of the week this week is an interesting choice and one I only caught wind of when we talked about the ink doc a couple weeks ago. You know when when we talked about the um, you know the the video that we saw, you know the handwriting video, and mm-hmm. uh, they went to the Wonder Pens um, shop, and you know normally 
I guess, retailer blogs, you know, some of them do really good job. Um, and some of them really kind of don't do anything on their blog. Well, I think Liz, it's John and Liz run Wonderpins, and I think Liz handles the blog. And what she does is not just talk about their products, oh, but you go on there. Look at this. Yeah, they just, got the, pick, they just got the they just they just got the emerald they just got the emerald of Shavor ink in. So that, that's their first pick on that's their first uh, post on the blog when you go to the to the current thing. But if you scroll down, like you read through all of Liz's posts, she's talking. She's got like. Uh, soup recipes or talking about you know how she's different doing different things at home um you know cooking different things not just straight about pens and i love that i love that approach that's the kind of approach that kind of just sucks people's in and makes you want to be part of you know your blog your shop your community you're building there in toronto things like that people get to know you on a more personal level and i think that's a big deal so i, I wanted to give a shout out to the to liz for making such a great blog and her handwriting is just it's to die for, you know, she does a, she does a great job. And uh, we actually even got a shout out on the podcast. Um, you know, when we talked about the ink doc and, uh, you know, um, giving them a, a, a plug, you know, the wonder pen site. So anyway, if you just browse wonder pens, checking out all the cool stuff they offer, be sure to check out the blog. It's really, really interesting. And I, I love, uh, Liz's tone and style that she, uh, she blogs with. So that's our, pin blog of the week all right I so one that. of the i want that jayoban so bad like yeah i just went to colt pens again and uh it's it's uh still august august yeah august even even the u.s retailers were um saying august so i didn't i haven't seen anyone get them in stock besides them so i was actually surprised to see that so when i was panicking about what we're going to talk about today, you know, which we, we've got a lot of topics covered uh, already. One of the, the recurring question that came up when I said I was on vacation and I forgot to plan for the podcast, well, what did you take on vacation? And that came, <laughs> that came pretty hot and heavy. So I was like, okay, we can do like a bag dump um, from what I took on vacation. And, you know, I keep it pretty simple. Um, I actually pare down a little bit, um, definitely on pens. Um, I carried more paper than I normally do. But, you know, let me, let me go through my bag dump real quick. And I have all these pictures. I did a, um, did a kind of a machine gun style Instagram post this morning where I posted four separate pictures, kind of capturing everything, kind of broke it down from the bag and then the inside and then broke down the insides, things like that. So the outside, the bag itself is the bag that has prompted me to put most of my other bags up for sale. Um, and it's called the Bogear Bullpup. Um, I actually bought this. I follow Bogear. Um, it's Brisbane Outfitters out of Australia. I follow them on Instagram because they make cool stuff. And they put this post up on Instagram, said, hey, this bag's for sale. And they talked all about it and things like that. I was like, wow, that is that bag is like speaking to me. That's exactly what I want in a bag. So I reached out to them and we squared it all away and I bought it from one of their customers. Um, he had ordered a bunch of this wax canvas and a bunch of these buckles and had a couple of bags made for himself. And I think this was an extra one. So I was able to buy it from him. So I got this bag in and what a week and a half ago, I put up six of my backpacks for sale. 
just because I I have too many bags and this one is so good. It's just going to replace. It's just going to flat out. These other ones aren't going to get used. So I put a bunch up for sale. I've sold four of them. So I still got two more to go, but, and I might even sell a couple more because I think I had about 10 or 12 bags at the time. So like I'm keeping my Doan bag. That thing's great. You know, I'm keeping uh, an a bag called an A-Light Shifter, which is a really good bag. And I'm keeping this bow gear. So I've really pared it down. Um, it, it's a great bag. It's just the right size. Fits me really well. It looks killer. Um, so, yeah. And in the bag, I carried actually a lot of paper. I have the Baron Fig Work Play Edition, which I'm enjoying. I'm still kind of journaling, sketching in that. The Traveler's Notebook. Just quickly which, on yeah. the Baron Fig. So uh, I've it's not arrived, but I've noticed an issue in the automated emailing service. Uh oh. Well, it's like I I've, I've asked for mine to come to me, uh, and then I got an email from them this morning. So I'm like, hope you're enjoying your Baron Fig. I was like, you realize <laughs> where you sent this thing to, right? Oh, like it's yeah. They need to adjust the delay on the <laughs> on the foreign country. Uh, yep. Email follow ups. <laughs> but it was promoting their Mosaic app, which I then yeah. downloaded. So mm-hmm. it worked, but my, mm-hmm. you know, the thinking is you should maybe think about where you're sending it to, like, because yeah. it ain't going to be here for like another week. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So what do you think about the mosaic? Not to totally hijack. I, this. I haven't used it. I'm waiting until the okay. pad comes, and I'm, I assume gotcha. that they will work together in some way, maybe. Yeah, no. Um, so I've got that. I have the traveler's notebooks, which you know the Midori traveler's regular size, which I am hell bent on using because I love it. And I've got like two notebooks. I'm putting down a bunch of ideas in and I really like the format. Um, but it's a juggling act right now on how much I'm using that. I also carry the knock half tower prototype that we talked about. And I'm carrying a dot dash spiral pad just because we use that for everything. And like, you know, I'm on vacation with family. We'll play, play a bunch of games. So we'll probably have that pad out, you know, scoring games and things like that like uh our, our big family game is bananagrams have you heard of that one mike i have heard of it yeah it's like a kind of a it's like a scrabble offshoot where it's, it's a little bit more wild and free um it's not on a board you kind of have your own little space in front of you it's a good it's a good family game so we'll, we'll keep some scores on there um and in my notco prototype i brought three pins i brought a vanishing point that i inked up with roaring Klingner. Blau Schwartz. I have the Franklin Christoph Model 66 Ice, which is the big one, the full-size 66 Ice, with the uh, the brilliant Eroshizuku Konpeki in there. And then I have my Newton Shinobi, um, of course, um, with Mont Blanc JFK. So I knew I was going on this trip, and I had probably 10 fountain pens inked. I cleaned every single pen out that I had inked, and then I picked three to take on this trip and uh those are the three i went with so um it gives me some decent options so that's I like two having... tier ones no just one just the shinobi i thought that the uh the vanishing point was in your tier one the only one of my vanishing points a very specific vanishing point i oh. this is the this is the gunmetal one um which is Yo, was just that ratcheted like... black one or whatever you call it <laughs> A facet. There you go. We'll call it ratcheted, though, <laughs> if you want. I don't know whatever nonsense yeah. you, you guys come out with. I am I am you, a nonsensical one. You uh. So yeah, this is the gunmetal one. Um, 
So yeah, this has the extra fine, which I chose that just for things I might be doing, you know, like this is actually the pen I chose today for like show notes. You know, I need something quick and retractable. And if we play a game later, you know, I can just slam this thing out and go to town and, uh, you know, I'm not going to break out the Shinobi or something else where my kids are going to be slinging ink across the table or something like that. And, uh, getting the, their grandparents uh, mad at them. So I'm sitting here sighing at the Shinobi. Uh-huh. Because the more I see of it, like, the more interesting it is. Like, just sitting there like that with, like, the, the way that the, the end's flattened off. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. God. Well, if I ever decide to unink mine for any period of time, I'll send it over and let you test it out. Couldn't but, take uh, it. Nope. That's going to be a hard... Nope. Well... It's Can't barely, yeah. So maybe next year when you come, you'll, yeah. you'll, uh, I'll just make you carry it uh, for a few days. I'm happy uh, to do yeah. that. I just don't want you sending it. I'm yeah. worried about about you sending it. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. No big deal. So you know, and I, of course, I carry my laptop and I got my microphone, and that's about it. I don't carry too too much. Um, because I'm not going to be doing too much with this, honestly, you know, if I would love to actually have some time to get in a review or two, but I didn't even bring any extra pens that I need to review. Like I need to renew, review the Shinobi and I need to review the model 66 ice, but I don't know that I'm going to even have time to, to get to those. So I didn't bring too much extraneous stuff. I'll bring some stuff where I can draw a sketch, write some ideas down, very few pens. And that's about it. Oh, my headphones were in there, which I'm wearing right now. So, um, so yeah, that that uh, was my was my bag dump uh, for this trip. It's I'm pretty happy with it. It's pretty minimal, um, all things considered. I mean, it's you know a minimalist would think it's way overkill, but for me, it's actually pretty minimal. Um, the only thing I hadn't talked about is the abundance of cords uh, in the bag. And oh, I do have two. TI2 tech liners in there. Sorry, I forgot about that. I have one attached to the outside and I found one on the inside that I carry around too. So there you have it. I guess it is a lot of stuff. <laughs> do you have a, uh, do you have like, um, like a fixed bag stuff? Right? In a, do you know what I'm talking about? In a CGP gray kind of way. No, like when in your bag, in like the mm-hmm. main bag that you have, do you have stuff oh. that's always living in there? Yes. So I have a pouch internal to the bag, and that pouch always contains X things, right? The same things, you know, um, flashlight, a USB drive, a, a microfiber cloth to clean my glasses, um, you know, an extra lightning cable. Um, yeah, so there's a pouch in one of those inside pockets that carries things like that, like just the stuff that I want to have, um, available in case I need it. So, yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So, cause do you want to know what I have in mind? Mm Mm-hmm. Let me just grab my bag. Yeah. Let me hear a sweat. Right. Okay. So I've got my, uh. Got my bag on the table here, as you can hear. Mm-hmm. So this is just stuff that lives inside of my uh, Dome briefcase. Mm-hmm. I have two field notes and one mm-hmm. of the Notco yellow guys. Mm-hmm. 
there's a Android phone in here. I don't know why that's in there. Can come <laughs> I have a couple of Sharpies. Hmm. Just in case. I have one of my inks, but the ballpoint one. Mm-hmm. I have a Retro 51. And I also have my fountain pen ink as well. Cool. So they always just live in there. Okay. Although I could probably take the... I'm going to take the, the ballpoint ink out. I'm going to put that back mm-hmm. in the cube over there. Yeah, so I basically just have a fountain pen, like a good quality fountain pen, and a good quality like ballpoint, the Retro 51, in my bag at all times. So I don't gotcha. think about grabbing stuff when yeah. I'm just like out and about or whatever. Um and the reason I carry the fountain K, not fountain K, the uh, ink in here, is I want something that's durable, and I know that thing could probably like withstand a nuclear explosion. <laughs> yeah. So I like to keep that in there at all times. So it, to circle back, I keep, from a pen perspective, I just keep a TI2 tech liner in there permanently. That's the only pen that lives in there. All my other pens are in cases, and they move from bag to bag as I need them. So I don't have any other pins stuck in there besides one TI2 tech liner, which is actually attached to the outside of this bag because it fits perfectly. So yeah, that's that's the only writing implement because I, I used to keep like a pocket notebook in any bag that I used. And then I would just end up mentally losing track of where they were. So I stopped doing that and instead, you know, I'll just carry the notebook that I'm carrying with me and it comes from bag to bag as I move around. So yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's it. I think it's, uh, it, it fits me well. I feel uh, the more I talk about it, the more it sounds like a lot of stuff, but I feel like it uh, actually fits me pretty well. And it's actually <laughs> air quote minimal for me, if you will. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. You know Squarespace. We love Squarespace. You can start building your website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code INK, I-N-K at checkout. That will get you 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. When it comes to finding a self for your place on the internet, I am a very big fan, as I know Brad is too, of Squarespace and Mr. Dowdy. I would like mm-hmm. to change it up a bit today, sure, uh, and and just ask you uh, what it is that you love and and why you choose to use Squarespace for both penaddict.com and for Notco as well. So, from a penaddict perspective, I chose Squarespace because I am very busy when I'm not working on blog stuff, and I did not want to concern myself with constant updates and bug fixes and database upgrades and any backend. I didn't want to have to do any backend work when I'm writing with my writing my blog. It takes me enough time to create a post for my blog and take pictures and write it um, to where I don't want to have extra hours built into my schedule on the weekend for anything backend that needed to happen. Squarespace takes care of all that stuff. Um, I just write um, poorly. I take pictures poorly, and then I post my poor output <laughs> onto penatic.com. Um, but it, it makes it easy. It, it's it sounds crazy just to say it's it's. I chose it because it's simple. It's really hugely robust. You can do anything. I can make my site look any way I want. Um, I can 
you know, manage pictures any way I want, links, you know, I can write in Markdown, which I'm very thankful for that. That is such a, I pretty much write everything in that format now. Um, it, it makes publishing a blog easy and I don't have to worry about anything else other than my content and hitting publish. And, and that's why I use it. And from a not perspective, it's because the commerce platform is that simple as well. You know, we can upload our images, upload our SKUs, update our inventory. It's all kept update, up to date live. Um, it builds out the pages for us and it's all there. It's all, you know, works with our, their payment processor Stripe, which we love. It's all integrated seamless, seamlessly. You know, we can add a new product in the span of minutes, you know, as long as we have our photographs are type up we can build them out ahead of time drag them to the live section when it's ready to launch and it's it's just a go so it it really makes things simple and um there's there's so much depth to it that you can do pretty much anything you want and when brad mentions this like these great tools and these powerful things that you can do these choices you can make this isn't you needing to use a ton of code to get all this done these are all drag and drop WYSIWYG tools right you can see them on the page you move them around you click buttons here you drag and drop things here it really is incredibly powerful but if you do know what you're doing like if you're the type of person that really knows how to tinker with this kind of stuff you can get in the code and play around as well and even if you just want to make some small adjustments you can do that like Squarespace is incredibly powerful I think you're going to love it and it's all backed up with their 24-7 support they have teams located all around the world in New York Dublin and Portland they're there 24-7 to help you they have so much great stuff. I think you're going to love them. You should trust my opinion. You should trust Brad's opinion. We've both used Squarespace for years. There are just some things that we want to do, and we just don't want to have to waste time on them. We just get Squarespace to do them because, to be frank, for me anyway, they're going to do them better than I ever could on my own. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I so, mean, talk, talking about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, you, when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, you want to use the code INC. That's going to get you... off your first purchase and show your support for this show. You can start a free trial right now with no credit card required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. Squarespace, build it beautiful. All right, so let's wrap up this wonderful episode, and it has been quite wonderful. I must say I always enjoy our Mondays together, Michael. Me too. Um, let's, uh, let's, Let's hit some Ask TPA, and this is a question we've covered before but not recently. And I want to run it by you as well to see if anything's changed. And this is from our friend Reference Error, who is in the chat room today and is worried about what I'm going to say about him. But I'm not. I'm going to say something very positive because this was a good question. He asks, what, if any, GTD systems are you using or have tried in the past? So I like this question because I don't use any of them. Yes. Uh, GTD is getting things done. It's a methodology created by David Allen. Yes. So pure GTDists is a hugely complicated deal. And you have to have an enormous buy-in to the system to make it work for you. And that's great. People swear by it. People love it. I love the thought of it, but I prefer any system that I've looked at, I've always looked at simpler systems so i put down three that kind of suit what i do and i don't use any of them and i'm going to tell you what i do so the first one that i found years ago is called gsd which is getting 
S H I T done. Um, it's basically a play on GTD, which is actually a legitimate, it's, it sounds, you know, in the name ridiculous, but if you look at it, it's a hugely simplified system. I mean, I must've found this five, six, seven years ago and I've tried to implement it. And I think I kind of do parts of these things. Um, it's a really simple, easy system to use if you're looking for something new. So GSD, um, we'll have a link to these in the show notes, by the way. The second one is the bullet journal. That's been the closest I've come to sticking with something. Here's my problem with the bullet journal, Mike, and and you and all the listeners can tell me how stupid I am. If I want to try bullet journal and I don't start it on the first day of the month, I don't do it. Like if I think I want to give it a try and it's, let's say, July 12th. Oh, can't start bullet journal. Have to wait till the first. That's first a weird comes, mental block uh, for, to have. Yeah, that's my mental block. Doesn't that's yeah, t- it doesn't matter if it's weird or whatever. That's the reason. Mm-hmm. So like for yeah. these things, they've got to stick, and if it doesn't stick, then right. So I end up not doing the bullet journal. The times I've tried it and set it up and used it, I was like, oh, okay, I can get behind this. So the third one is the Dash Plus system by our friend Patrick Rome. This is probably closest to what I do. Um, it's it's kind of. A combination of the two things I've talked about before, but it's even simpler, I think. You know, it's just a, a set of marks that you use to kind of track your tasks. All I do personally is I do almost just a, I just kind of keep a daily running list and they have check boxes next to them and they get checked off if they're done. And if the checkbox is blank, it comes to the next day. That's pretty much the only system that I use. Here's the problem I'm running into, which is why I've actually, this was a good question reference error because I'm looking at these systems again because I'm running into an issue right now. So here's my issue. I'm trying to plan out a lot more things with the pen addict. You know, I have my posts, I have scheduled posts, I have advertiser posts, I have guest posts and I have writers posts and I have all these things I want to do. So I want to have almost like a blog publishing schedule, which I can do. The problem is for my tasks, I have to schedule when I'm going to write the review, when I'm going to shoot the photography, you know, and when I'm going to upload it. So Aaron Mankey calls it a due date and it's not a DUE date. That would be the day I publish. It's the DO date the day I want to write the article and shoot the photographs, which is certainly not going to match the day I publish the article. It's going to be a week before, two days before, whatever. I'm having trouble planning my due dates. Like I'm fine with, okay, on Monday, I want to publish this. On Tuesday, I want to publish this. Wednesday, I want to publish this. That's great. But when am I actually going to perform those tasks? When am I, when am I going to do those tasks that are do on those days. And that's what I can't find a way to write this down and capture it. You know, there's some digital, you know, I, I kind of bounce around OmniFocus a little bit Mm. for this. Um, I've actually found another good app called good task that I've been super pleased with. Um, And it's, it's pinning down the, when I'm going to do stuff date for things that are due in the future. 
So I, I don't know that there's a pen and paper solution for that. Maybe that's a that's a digital solution, and that's I'm I'm in the midst of that right now because things are getting busier for me. Things are only going to ramp up for me, and I just want to plan a little bit better. Um, you know, <laughs> hey, maybe I should have a reminder to. to uh, work on the show notes for this podcast, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I know the podcast is today, but I can't plan for it today. I need to plan for it two days ago. So that's what I'm working on right now. So it's a good question in just that I've actually been thinking about this stuff a lot. I don't use any system and I don't know that I have an answer for what I'm trying to accomplish myself. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Mike. I know you're not a systems guy yourself, right? (laughs) I feel like you're joking with me here. <laughs> you're an OmniFocus uh, yeah. master. I know that. So I have I have a question for you first. And you feel sure. free to answer, answer this honestly. Have you been listening to Cortex? Yes, but I think I'm at least one episode behind. Okay, well, that's so fine. I, I haven't listened. Because, I mean, that's why I, I obviously know that you, you're messing around with me <laughs> when you say it. Right, so <laughs> my feeling about this, I'm sorry to say... Um, oh, by the way, a moment ago, I meant to just—I meant to say this. I got a tweet from Thomas Hall saying that when I'm in Indy, Indianapolis later this year, I can try his Shinobi. Nice, <laughs> love that guy. I uh, forgot about that. That's perfect. Um, I love pen and paper, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. but I just don't think you can effectively run your life in this way with pen and paper. Yeah. I'm sure that there are people that do. Uh, but listening to, to what you're saying, you and me are very similar like this, and you need the system to tell you what to do. Right. Um, and pen and paper cannot do that as effectively as a computer brain. Mm-hmm. So I use OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. I don't use OmniFocus with a strong GTD mindset. That's what it's built mm-hmm. for. It's built around the getting things done system. There are projects and contexts and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I use uh, OmniFocus as a to-do list. Mm-hmm. So fundament- I don't even use uh, projects. I just have okay. uh, my list of, of things to do. And I set tasks for into the future so I might set one for later this week I might set one for later this month I might set one for later this year and every day I use what they call forecast I live in OmniFocus forecast mode which shows okay. me what's happening today what's happening tomorrow I can scroll down and show me every single day and it shows them on a calendar and it will also show me them in relation to my calendar events as well that's okay. what I use OmniFocus for uh, and also it has a lot of tasks like a lot of uh functions in it that i really like so i can very easily move things by a day or a week or whatever just by pressing a button and i can set repeating tasks mm-hmm. so a lot of my uh a lot of my tasks for example my pen addict preparation task is triggered mm-hmm. for every monday at 5 p.m this is the system you need yeah that it sounds like i need to explore this digitally digitally more yeah. for my planning perspective like mm-hmm. i can have you know, my paper for like the day. And if I want to, you know, transfer, okay, today's work, I'm going to put on paper and I can manage it better. So I'm just looking at the computer, you know, once, but from the forecast, I I like how you mentioned the forecasting part of it, that is just going to have to be done digitally. I don't think there's a paper solution for the forecasting um, that would work at all. What you could do 
uh, is like you could set up projects for each of these things that have like three or four tasks to them, but mm-hmm. I don't do that. I just put three or four individual tasks in, like which is okay. what you're doing with the projects, but I don't link them together because I can work that out in my brain quite well. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, I think I'd be fine with that. That makes sense. I think you should look at something like this again because it, I think you're at the time now where you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only going to increase, so that's why I'm trying to get out in front of it. Um, a little bit and I'm not overwhelmed but I'm like I you know when I find myself forgetting to plan for the podcast that you know I've had a week to plan for uh, that's kind of like a red flag I was like crap man something I need to do something you know better just because I'm so busy I need to just I need like a little you know little reminder that says hey don't forget this oh yeah I should go do that now it's time you had a systems failure I had a systems failure yeah I, I like that so I, I think I did, and it, you know what, to circle back all the way to the beginning, I couldn't sleep last night. I made the mistake of, you know, so I already panicked myself for doing this right, for forgetting, and then I asked the Slack channel, and I left the channel after I asked it, but then I went back and started reading yeah. all the, what everyone wanted while I was in bed. And then my brain didn't shut down for at least another hour, hour and a half because I was going through these topics in my head because I've already missed my chance to plan. And now I'm trying to catch up and then I implant all these new ideas into my head while I'm laying in bed. And that was just a huge mistake. So I should have just, yeah. This is your wake up call. You need a system like this. Like I, when I was using it before, like going full time on Relay, Mm -hmm. um, it was like, oh, this is really useful for me. But then it got to a certain point where it was like, no, this is a, a must. Right. Yeah. I'm about to cross that threshold yeah. where it's getting you, to where things are falling through point, the crack. You are past the point now where your brain can contain everything mm-hmm. that you need to remember to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I genuinely feel that, that whilst people can use pen and paper for this type of thing, I feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot by doing it. Because what if you forget your notebook? Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that day or right. whatever or it gets damaged you've lost your tasks and for me I have a system which lives in three different places right it's on my iPad my iPhone and my Mac I'm never mm-hmm. going to be working without one of them gotcha. uh, and it's synced to the cloud it's always there if I need it like that's that's the system that you need if you're going to be I think really serious you need something like this uh you don't have to use omnifocus it's the one that i use and really strongly recommend mm-hmm. there are there are other things out there i know that people love and use todoist and i have used that and it's a mm-hmm. great service but it just didn't completely fit for me but what's about good about todoist that you might like is you can um you can assign people tasks in todoist mm. okay so mm. you could have like jeff in there for example and you could or either jeff and you yeah. could uh, assign them tasks to do okay. that they would complete. And when they complete them, you see them. So Cool. Okay. I actually have digital homework instead of analog homework. Yeah, look I at like me. It. Look at what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. What kind Sort of show your life out, Dowdy. <laughs> what kind of show is this you're running here? I know. So let's get back to the pens and paper. All right. A couple more questions. Real quick and straightforward, but really good questions. So Gorn on Twitter wants to know, Noodler's Bulletproof Permanent Inks. I've heard opinions from do not use to best ink ever. Are they worth the trouble? 
this is a delimited question. Black and white answer. Are they worth the trouble? I'm going to go no, and I'm going to get a lot of dirty email for that. The thing is, if bulletproof and permanence is that important to you, you should absolutely use it. If you don't need to use that, there's no reason for for you to use these types of inks. So if your requirements dictate that you're writing something that has to have some type of permanence, by all means, the Noodler's Bulletproof inks are very good. And then there's other permanent inks you should you should get. If you don't, I do think there's... It's the wrong word, but I'm going to say tamer choices. And that kind of goes against the permanence and the bulletproofness. But like Pilot Black, for example, is wonderfully flowing, great writing, waterproof, cheap, and is not going to ruin your pens. You know, so... It's that's kind of how I see this one, but if your requirement dictates that it has to be bulletproof, by all means, you should use the Noodler's bulletproof ink. And I, I really haven't heard many people having problems with the Noodler's bulletproof inks. So there you go. Um, if you had to choose a permanent ink, I will tell you, and the chat room will agree with me. Um, <laughs> maybe Punky will because he just unsubscribed. Um, Sailor Nano Black is like the best black permanent ink out there. I love that ink, but you gotta, you gotta stay on top of cleaning that because it will clog up your pen. All right. This is, this is the, the all ink edition of Ask TPA. So Chris wants to know, can you explain why people like Iroshizuku ink so much when very similar colors from others are way cheaper? That's an extremely valid, good quality question right there, Mike. For so, me, for me, yep. I mean, I'll answer first because I mean, I pretty much exclusively use um, Iroshizuku inks, mm-hmm. and for me, it was this is going deep catalog back into the pen addict history. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst trying to find a good dry time ink for because I'm left-handed, mm-hmm. uh, with the color variants that I wanted, like a bunch of different colors, um, and the pedigree behind it, Iroshizuku came out the winner. Yep. So, the ink properties of Iroshizuku, Iroshizuku, if you're not, people aren't familiar with it, is Pilot's premium fountain pen ink line. So, Pilot has their standard fountain pen ink ink line, which for the most part, um, is just blue, black, and blue-black. Um, that's their mainline inks. Then they have the premium line inks, which is Oroshizuku, and they have about 30 varying colors. Huge range of colors. They're all beautiful. What I find with Oroshizuku ink is you never have a performance problem with the ink. Like, if you get a new pen and you want, like, a baseline ink to test it with, like, I throw in, like, I either throw in Pilot Blue Black, which is one of their base inks, or Pilot Shinkai, uh, Roshizuku Shinkai, which is the blue black version. And like just comparing those two inks, the Roshizuku has more depth of color. It has more sheen. It has more shading. Um, so it's got a lot of, I, you could say they're superficial properties, but it's a prettier ink on the page in general than Pilot's baseline inks. Now, if you're comparing it to something like Diamine, which is not quite half the cost, but you know maybe ten dollars or more a bottle cheaper. 
you can probably find some things that are close. But really, when you start putting Orochizuku inks up side by side with other ones, you can tell the difference. At least I can. Um, like if you're going to look at a hot pink, and I can't think of what Orochizuku's hot pink is called, you can just tell how good of an ink that is. And it's not oversaturated, you know, and it's not going to stain your pen. It's not going to do damage or anything crazy like that. So I, the real question is, is it worth the premium price? That's a personal decision. You can find comparable inks that are cheaper, but you do, I, I mean, I feel like this is an Orochizuku infomercial, but <laughs> I just really love those inks across the board. You know, it's going to be wonderful and you know, you're not going to have any problems with it. And that's the, uh, worth the, the price, the peace of mind, um, is worth the added price as well as the beauty of the ink on the page. So that's my, my take on Orochizuku, but you can find some, some pretty good alternatives and we talk about those all the time. All right. Last one. Dave wants to know, I've been using Mont Blanc toffee Brown, but do you have any other daily use Brown ink recommendations? So I, we talked about my toffee Brown purchase experiment, right? Mike, I, maybe a month ago, maybe two months ago. It was just kind of in passing. You may not even remember. So I said I wanted to try some more brown inks. I was getting all these letters written to me that were using brown ink. And it's just an ink I've overlooked and didn't think I would enjoy. Toffee brown seemed to be like the king of the the brown ink hill. So I bought a bottle, which, you know, <laughs> maybe I should try a sample next time. Because I don't love it. It's really good. I don't hate it. It's just not finding its way into my rotation. And, you know, if I have five or ten ping, ten pins inked up, one of them's probably not going to contain toffee brown. So I wasn't giving up on the brown ink, though. And I'm going to go find the name. And guess what? It's an Orochizuku. And I think it's Chiku Rin. Rin? Um, it's the horse. It's horsetail. Um, it's a darker brown it's a more chocolatey brown if you will a more coffee brown and it's really good like i find myself using that brown ink much more than the toffee brown did you say the name of it was uh, i think it's chiku rin but did I'm you say it's horsetail it. yeah i it's think it's sukushi uh, maybe i'm looking at the wrong one i'm looking at goulet yeah all right i'm gonna find it for you and it says pilot Hiroshi sukushi oh, uh, i'm sorry tail. it's it's Yamaguri. It's wild chestnut, not okay. the horsetail. Wild we're all chestnut. over the yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Three different inks we're talking about. Yeah. I know. Horsetail is more reddish. The wild chestnut is a dark brown. So yes, that's the one that I am digging as far as brown ink goes. But our chat room is bl- blown up with the <laughs> brown ink recommendations. So I'll have to try some more one day. But um, you know. Jay Herbon Lee de Tay. That one has come up a lot when I was talking about brown inks, and I have not tried that one yet. But I like the darker brown, and the Yamaguri is working for me right now. So, uh, Mont Blanc Toffee Brown, I'll probably use it. Um, if anyone take wants to take it off my hands, you know, I have a pretty full bottle. We could we could probably talk, you know, maybe work out a trade. You know, I could always use some more JFK Blue. That stuff's awesome. All right, Mike. For not planning an episode, it was a pretty sweet episode, if I must say. I think we did a good job. We did a good job. Good job by us. 
Indeed. If you want to find our show notes online, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 165. There's 30 links today. That is a lot of links. Nice. You can find them all there. Find a bunch of stuff that we've been talking about. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, Fracture and Squarespace, for helping us out. If you want to find us online, you can find Brad's work over at penaddict.com. And he is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M on Twitter and penaddict on Instagram. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on penaddict and Instagram. And we'll be back next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.